Let's uh, pick up back up in Romans chapter 4. I know we've been in Romans chapter 4 a while, but I'm trying to establish a handful of principles that should help us. Back in Romans 4, 17 and 18, I want you to notice that by faith, everybody say by faith. By faith, by faith Abraham counted things that were not as though they were, and they came to pass. They came into being. Romans 4, 17 and 18, as it is written, I have made you, I have made you. You have to get used to how God talks. You have to know his voice. I have made you. doesn't make any sense. I mean, somebody could say that's not accurate. I have made you a father of many nations. This is how God talks. Because when, when God makes a determination to God, it's done. And that's why we need to cooperate with him. Because it may not look done, but it's done. And uh, I could stand here until midnight and tell you story after story after story after story of God saying something to me and us taking a directional change in the ministry and the impossible becoming possible. It's really amazing. So we need to hear his voice, know his voice. How do we do that? Well, experience. And, uh, and then learn to say what he says, not what we think, not what our opinion is. You know, I try and be so careful in my, and guarded in my statements because people are to all different kinds of levels. And so it, it would be wrong for me to try and communicate my level and say that's the way to, to handle it. But uh, you have to find your own way through this and you have to, and that's why I would, I, I'm constantly encouraging people to fight the good fight of faith in small battles. You don't want to do nothing and then get to a big battle and try and have faith. Let me say something else too because this comes up periodically in the congregation. When, when you sense something is amiss in your body, don't wait a month or two or three or four or five or six. You absolutely go to war that day. Because common sense tells us it's, it's a lot easier to get rid of a small problem than to get rid of a big problem. And, uh, and the Bible says, give the devil no place. And that word in the Greek is topos, means uh, territory, terrain. Don't give him any place. So if you feel something a little miss, don't give him a place. You, you, you go to war on that and you run him out. Because the only way you can have a big problem is if you ignored a little problem. Amen. I'm just trying to help people. Amen. As it is written, I've made you a father of many nations. So God, he is the one who calls those things which are not present tense as though they were past tense. And our job is to get an agreement with him. As it is written, I have made you 
a father of many nations. He is our father in the sight of God in whom we believe, the God who gives life to the dead and calls things that are not as though they were. And it can be a challenge, but uh, I would encourage you that if you see in the word of God something that he has put in print that he has said about us in the past tense, or if you hear him in prayer say something about your life in past tense, my advice is just get in agreement with him and talk like that. Now, I'm very grateful to God that in the early days, I mentioned last Wednesday that when I went down this path on money, it was like wrestling an alligator. Um, but I'm so happy for those days because when, when you learn how faith works in one area, the principles will work in any area. And so when you fight a battle and you're victorious, let's say in your body, then you can take those principles and use them in money and vice versa. And so when we first started down this road in 1988, 1989 timeframe, you know, I started changing the way I did offerings and I'd say, all of our needs are met. And there were people that maybe knew something and they would fuss at me after and they'd say, well, pastor, you, you know, you're not telling the truth. You know, we, we, you know, somebody that maybe knew something and, uh, we know that uh, it's been really tight, to say the least. And, and my response would always be, how can I tell a lie saying what God has said? And that was my response. I don't know if that's the best response, but that was my response. I mean, if, if God has said something about my life, I'd, I don't feel constrained or restrained at all to repeat what God has said about my life. And, uh, of course, you're going to draw heat and criticism. My parents would come and visit. They would say, you know, Austin's sick. Christina's sick. We'd say they're not sick. They're just recovering. You know, they'll be better by morning. And, oh, man, all heck break loose. So that's why, over time, we made it our business to have as little company as possible because they want to fuss at you. Now, I never went to anybody's house and told them what to do. But they sure feel comfortable coming to my house and telling me what to do. So I don't know how that works. Against all hope. Say it out loud. Against all hope. Against all hope. Abraham in hope believed. And I used to love what Kenneth Hagin, the one that went to be with the Lord in 2003, would say that faith will work in your heart when there's doubt in your head. You don't have to be, in, you don't have to have perfect harmony in your head and your heart for faith to work. And that's why action is so important. You know, uh, we have a challenge offering coming up. Tell your neighbor, we always have a challenge offering coming up around here. Yeah, that's how that works. So, but we have a challenge offering coming up. And so the reason these are important is because if you actually go to the Lord and ask him what to do, the Lord will give you a number. And you can, if you're married, you know, you can cross-check because say to your wife or your husband, you know, what did you hear? And, and come together. If you don't hear the same thing, we'll pray about it some more. But the point is that whatever number you feel in your heart the Lord gave you, your head will have a different number. You can count on it. And so these are the little 
challenges and battles in life that we have to master because uh, when I was a younger man, uh, sometimes I just had to swallow real hard and I call it belly up to the bar and just, you know, do her. Uh, because some things the Lord has told me to do just didn't make any sense to my, my mind. But I'm not walking by the mind. Now there's a time to walk by the mind. You know, we were on, on vacation and we're trying to obey the law and use the crosswalks. And then we discovered, you know, in that town, those crosswalks didn't work. So then what do you do? But so you really walk by your sight. You understand? In other words, you're trying to obey the law and go by the crosswalk, but the crosswalk's not working. So you don't cross the street by faith. You cross the street using your mind. Does that make sense? But your mind will take you so far in life and that's it. And uh, so there are times to walk by faith and not by sight. And so if you, if you come up to a point like that, the Lord tells you what to do, your mind gives you a different number, or sometimes your mind just completely rebels. That's crazy. You know, I don't know how many times my mind or Satan, I'm not sure who it was, said, that's crazy. And I just did it anyway. And, uh, but when, when the mind wins, then you don't get the blessing of the Lord upon your life and your finances that you would have had if you do what the Spirit of God is saying to do and act in faith. We're sitting here tonight with, on this corner, 55 acres, $12 million building, which I don't even have any idea what it's all worth now because they printed so much money. But all of this is because of one event. I, I can say this without equivocation. January, I think it was 1997, we had, if I remember right, January of 1997, the church had $176,000 on hand. And uh, Bud Sickler, missionary Bud Sickler in Mombasa, Kenya, used to carry around a set of plans. He wanted to build this church. And uh, the, the next month, February, I'm preaching for him, a camp meeting, and I'm outside walking and praying in the morning and the Lord spoke to me and he said, he said, the holdup on this building is the roof. And it's true, I didn't know it at the time, but a businessman in Florida had committed the money for the concrete. And so the, the roof was a steel and aluminum structure. And so basically the church was almost entirely concrete and steel. And the Lord said, the holdup on this project is steel. He said, and I knew the number was a half million dollars. He said, he said, you don't think you can do it. But he said, I'm telling you, you can. Listen, we wouldn't hardly have anything. People want to judge what you got. But they don't want to evaluate what you did to get what you got. And let me tell you what, the people who have spent their entire lives walking by sight are the worst at judging people of faith. So you just have to ignore them. And then you've heard me tell this story. 
but uh, because they couldn't get the steel into the country duty-free like Bud expected, those were recession days, especially in Kenya, uh, it was 100,000 more because of duty. And, uh, and we did it. And it was just crazy. The money just flowed in. It was just crazy. I mean, it was really one of the easier things I've ever done. But what I'm saying is, that was a seed. That was a seed. That was a man's dream. That was a man's dream. You can get rich helping a man of God. And I mean literally. Hear God and do what he says. Now, the earth's gone around the sun a few times. And so now, I hear and I obey. And I have learned this to obey instantly without equivocation. What he commands me to do, I do. And I don't even stop and think about it. Now, I will do this sometimes. <laughs> I will say, now, Lord, I'll do that. I'll obey you. You know I will. I just need to make sure that's you. <laughs> Hallelujah. Because I, I don't, my, my mind can come up with ideas that are not God. And so sometimes I have prayed that prayer. Now, I'm not fundraising tonight, but this is the God we serve. See, he said, I'm out there walking and praying. What business did we have giving away a half a million dollars when all we had was $176,000? We had no business. And this is why, this is why um, ministers can not just sabotage themselves, but they can sabotage their entire ministry by having the wrong people in a voting capacity. Because you may think, I just do what I want. I, I don't. You know, we have a, a, a corporate board. We always have. And uh, so, you know, I come home and I tell them, I rehearse the whole story, and they just believe me because of my track record and and we're good to go. Amen. We got, the, we got the minutes. Amen. We just don't do what we want. Now, when I was young, people had to take it on faith. But there's no taking it on faith now. I mean, look around. Following the leading of the Holy Spirit will work for you just as well as it works for me because you're a believer, aren't you? Lift your hand and say, thank you, Father God. Thank you, Father. I'm, a I'm a believer. I'm not a doubter. Amen. And there have been times where what he's required of me has not been money. There was a situation a couple of years back. A minister had not done right by me. And I was pretty stern with him. And the Lord told me to, to write him a nice letter and to mend the bridge. And I did. See, a lot of times we think it's all about the Lord telling us to do 
something financially. It might be, but it might be, it might be taking a bag of groceries to a neighbor who lost their job. I don't know what it is, but I've learned this. When I am certain it's the Holy Spirit of God, I do what he says because there's great power in it. And whatever, whatever challenge you're facing tonight, I mean, think about the challenge that Abraham was facing because he had all these promises. God gave him all these promises, but all these promises related to his seed. All of these promises related to his descendants. All of these promises related to future generations, but he didn't have one child yet. Against all hope, Abraham in hope believed. That's what we have to do, friends. People say, well, I don't know why so-and-so died full of faith, believe in God. Look, I wouldn't want to die any other way. You know, when it, the, the day I go, of course, I don't, I'm not going to go that way, but, you know, I, I want to be full of faith. I don't want to be full of doubt. I want to be full of faith. A, against all hope, Abraham and hope believed. The Bible Jesus said, when the Son of Man returns, will he find faith on the earth? So what's he looking for? He's looking for faith. It's all about the faith. Uh, on the way over here, I'm listening to Kenneth Hagin in the car talk about, talking about the one that went to be with the Lord in 2003, talking about 19 miracles of Jesus, 19 healing miracles of Jesus, and out of 19, in 12 of the 19, Jesus talked about the person's faith the person's faith. And see, we want to think that it's all chance. It's, no, it's not. We, can, we must have faith. Against all hope, Abraham in hope believed. The banker might have said there's no hope. The doctor might have said there's no hope. See, to you, that's alarming. To me, it's beautiful because that means when I come through this, I will know and everybody else will know that it was God that did the job. <laughs> Against all hope, Abraham in hope believed and so became the father of many nations just as it had been said to him. And that's what faith is. Faith is going by what God has said and not going by what man has said. Just as it had been said to him, so shall your offspring be. So Abraham counted that Sarah was able to give birth to a child when she was 90 years of age. And of course, she gave birth to Isaac. Verse 18, against all hope, Abraham in hope believed. And so became the father of many nations, just as it had been said to him. So Abraham believed that his body would be rejuvenated, capable, and it was. Abraham wasn't going by how he felt at age 99, and Abraham wasn't going by what he saw when he looked at Sarah's 90-year-old body. Now, I don't know where you're at in your life, but I'll tell you, you know, Satan's trying to tell me, you know, you can't have this plan and you can't have that plan because you've already outlived three generations of Linger, male Lingerfelts, and you're 67. I tell him, I have absolutely no regard for your opinion about anything because I am in God's hands and I am going to fulfill my days and I am going to fulfill my assignments 
And I just go on a, a rant. I'm going to live in perfect health all the days of my life. You have no say here. Jesus made an open show and spectacle of you on Calvary's cross. Christ redeemed me from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for me, for it is written, cursed is everyone who's hung on a tree. So Satan isn't, I mean, let me say it this way. The Holy Spirit isn't the only one talking. CNN, MSNBC, CBC, ABC, NBC, they're all talking. That's the same as Satan. And, and then the Holy Spirit's talking. And notice the phrase, just as it had been said to him. That's why here at Faith Christian Center, we teach God's people that on any issue of life, the question is to ask yourself, what does God's word have to say about this? What does God's word have to say about this? Imagine the trouble we could stay out of if we would ask ourselves, in any given situation, what does God's word have to say about this? Let's pick up in verse 19. In verse, verses 19 to 21 is God's commentary on how, God, on how Abraham accomplished this great feat of faith and what principle of faith Abraham employed to achieve this victory. And you understand this is, this is Paul of the New Testament commenting, giving us commentary on something that happened in the Old Testament, explaining to us how it worked. Without weakening in his faith, he faced the fact so people say we're in denial. We're not in denial. We're facing the facts. We're just not weakened in our faith. Say it out loud. We're not, we're not in denial. We're not in denial. Without weakening in his faith, he faced the fact that his body was as good as dead since he was about 100 years old and that Sarah's womb was also dead, yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, but was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God, Amen. knowing that he is able. The damage we've seen the last three years in this country is unbelievable. And a lot of it not all of it, but probably 98% of it is from people believing man. I said last Wednesday, you cannot trust man. You cannot trust man. You just can't. Yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God. All right. So now we have two concepts in Romans 4 held in juxtaposition. We have believing, better stated, faith, and we have unbelief. And there's nobody here that would want to admit that we had ever acted in unbelief, but we have. And one reason we don't get answers to our prayers is because when we pray, we pray in unbelief, or when we pray, we pray in faith and then we go out and we walk and talk and operate in unbelief and thereby baptize our own prayers in unbelief. Yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, but was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God. He was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God. I like to think of it this way. This is not what the NIV says, but I like to think of it this way. 
he was strengthened in his faith by giving glory to God. Being fully persuaded that God had power to do what he had promised. It's amazing to me. I mean, to me, and I realize, look, I realize that I can be perceived as out there. I get it. I do. But if God says something, I don't see any problem at all in counting it done. And I, I don't see any damage in my life at all. All I see is blessings compared to people who believed safe and effective. No damage. Blessings on every hand. But we see how people believe the world and the damage that can be done. Believe in the world. Now, we, we should have known this all, all along. I mean, how many girls have been messed up because they believe some boy? Oh, I love you. That does not mean diddly squat. Means, it literally means less than anything. This is why Jesus said, guard your listening. Because listening, faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. <clears throat> but also, faith can come by CNN. Faith can come by a college professor. Now, I'm not talking about faith in God. I'm talking about faith in nonsense. You go into a class and they say the same thing over and over and over. There's a magic number. I think it's 16. They, somebody re rehearses something to you. you. Your mind wants to believe it. And the damage done, the damage done, the damage done. By, by what we listen to, which leads us into what we believe. I mean, see, the advantage I have is being old enough. I'm so old. Say, how old are you, Pastor? I'm so old. I lived through the days of them saying that butter would kill you. And so everybody needed to switch to margarine. And, you know, everybody switches to margarine. And then, they, then two decades later, see, in other words, after the damage is done, then they say, well, margarine's poison. I mean, literally, it's poison. And I noticed my grandfather, who had bacon and eggs every morning of his life, lived well up into his 90s. I mean, on my mom's side. They changed the food pyramid, and everybody got fat. It's astounding. I dare you to go online and type in beach pictures from the 1970s. That's, where, that's what Sue and I grew up in. See, the voices, the voices in your life that are contrary to the Bible 
are your enemy. They're the enemy of your marriage. They're the enemy of your body. They're the enemy of your home. They're the enemy of your children. They're the enemy of your money. And we let entirely too many enemies into our homes. Everything is woke now. You know, I bought as much as I could. My family thought I'd lost my mind, man. You know, I, I bought as much as I could. Old cartoons because everything is woke now. You know, you watch a, a new cartoon, something filthy is going to be in there somewhere. You know, I like the old... Mickey Mouse cartoons where Elmer Fudd stomps around with a shotgun. Actually, actually, some of the some of the cartoons we have at home on DVD, Mickey Mouse is stomping around with a shotgun. And somebody might talk about gun violence. Look, my generation grew up with that, and we didn't have all this violence. So it's it's not it's not Mickey Mouse and a shotgun. That's not what's doing all this violence. What's doing all this violence? is a mentally ill society because Christ has been rejected. That's right. And all the people that used to be in insane asylums are loose. And all the people that used to be in prison are loose. There's a lawman here tonight told me if we actually understood how many wants and felony wants and warrants are open in Tarrant County, we'd be afraid to go outside. It's an alarming number. It's something like ten or 15,000. At any given point in time, felony wants and warrants. Just out there running around. It's amazing. Without weakening in his faith, he faced the fact that his body was as good as dead. Yet he did not waver through unbelief Pastor, are you saying that when we believe something contrary to the written word of God, we're operating in unbelief? Yes. It's unbelief. But was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God, being fully persuaded that God had power to do what he had promised. So he faced the facts. Abraham clung to what God had said to him and did not waver in unbelief. Abraham was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God. He was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God. If you're at an impasse in prayer, then watch the praise cure on the app. I have a grandbaby I would not have otherwise because of that series. Praise and singing to God has great power. Say it out loud. Abraham didn't waver. Abraham. Say it again. Abraham didn't waver. Say it out loud. Abraham gave glory to God. Abraham gave glory to God. As Abraham gave glory to God, his faith was strengthened. Say it again. As Abraham gave glory to God, his faith was strengthened. See, well, people, Christians just think that they're just, all this good stuff's just going to happen without a fight. Paul talked about the good fight of faith. I grew up in school fighting. The last fight I had was in junior high school. It was over a bandstand. And, uh, you know, I got thrown out of school for three days. Uh, but I grew up fighting. 
I got, I grew up fighting, man. We, you know, it was Detroit, man. We fought, you know, and we said, you know, we, we say, I'll see at the, I'll see at the ball diamond at, you know, after school. I mean, we, we made appointments to fight. <laughs> and I'm here to testify. There's only one good kind of fight. What kind of fight is a good kind of fight? The one you win. And Paul said, let us fight the good fight of faith. I'm convinced that the first thousand years in heaven could very well be us telling our stories. We, I can't remember them all now, but I think my recollection will be clear then. And I think we're going to spend about a thousand years telling each other our stories. And, and how that, you know, we had to go to the hospital or something happened or an accident happened and, and we did this and we said that and we believed God and God showed up. We're going to tell our stories. Hallelujah. It's wonderful to fight the good fight of faith and prevail. And every time you do that, your faith gets stronger. Are you hearing me? Now, James, the half-brother of Jesus, wrote about wavering in uh, James chapter 1. So just like the apostle wrote in 2 Corinthians 5, 7, we walk by faith and not by sight. Abraham walked by the word of God. Abraham walked by what God had said to him, not by sight. So James 1 to 5 talked about wavering. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. But let him ask in faith nothing wavering. For he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea driven with the wind and tossed. For, the, for, let, not, for let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. A double-minded man is unstable in all, all his ways. And if you're a single man, you ought to memorize James 1.8. You, you don't need to be around any double-minded man. And if you're a single guy, you, you don't need to be around some double-minded woman. I'll tell you that. And as the days grow shorter, we need to be more cautious about this and we need to be more careful with our children. I hope you can see the relentlessness of Abraham's faith. And that's, that's what I'm about. I'm about relentlessness. Sue says sometimes that when she thinks of me praying or Austin praying, she feels sorry for God. Relentless. We're relentless. I want you to see the relentlessness of Abraham's faith and the absolute certainty of Abraham's faith. I used to, I loved what Fred Price taught us. We play until we win. If we go 10 innings, 15 innings, 20 innings, you want to use a, a football analogy, if we have to play 18 quarters, it doesn't matter, we play until I win. Now you can run out of time. Something fatal, you can run out of time. That's why I encourage you to get right on it. You feel so, anything amiss in your body, get right on it. Don't delay. This is why Paul wrote these words. He is our father. I'm in Romans 4:17 again. He is our father in the he is our father in the sight of God in whom he believed, the God who gives life to the dead and calls things that are not as though they were. You see this in Genesis chapter 1. He spoke and the worlds came into being. Let light be and light was. 
This is what faith does. Faith speaks. And there it is why we must walk by the word of God and not by what our five senses are telling us. Why? Because we serve the God who gives life to the dead and calls things that are not as though they were. Now, I know that while I'm talking like this, there are people and they'll, they'll think, well, that's just too much. That's just, that's just out there. That's just, but, but I want to bring to your attention for the 1,000th time all of the nonsense people have believed in the last three years. We were walking on the beach north of Miami just a few weeks ago, and there was somebody with one of those plastic face shield helmet deals, you know, three years later, walking on the beach by themselves. I mean, they weren't even like with a bunch of lepers or something. They were, they were by themselves out in ocean air, and they got the, the helmet on and all of that. It's amazing what people have believed. Oh, pastor, you're judging. No, I feel sorry for people. Because faith in God is rewarded with healing. Faith in God is rewarded with financial blessing. Faith in God is rewarded with miracles when you need them. Faith in God. And we, we look at somebody and we hear their story. We don't even believe it. The things Jesus can do. It's astounding what Jesus can do. It is amazing what Jesus can do. Now, you let some time go by, you look around, everybody looks middle class, but I know the stories. And I know what Jesus has done. And that's why when somebody walks in the door, I learned a long time ago, don't see people for what they are, see people for what God can make them. Amen. He answers prayer. Say it out loud. My God answers prayer. My God Tell, tell the neighbor on the one side, my God answers prayer. God answers prayer. Tell the neighbor on the other side, my God, answers prayer. my God answers prayer. So faith in you will conquer just like faith in Jesus conquered. Faith in your words will drive out disease from other sick people's bodies. Now, frankly, we need to get busy. We need to get busy. There's a revival going on now at a college in Kentucky, and it began with singing. You know, I went to one of those videos today. I just touched the screen, and it, it, they, I could see that clip of that singing, and literally, you could feel the power of God fill where Sue and I were in the house. Singing, not preaching. Singing. We need to get busy. When we come in here, we ought not be, you know, dragging our backside, waiting for somebody to chastise us into singing or entering in. It was such a blessing tonight. 
don't want to embarrass anybody. I think he's gone. But it was such a blessing tonight. We're standing over there, you know, during the song service. And I said to Sue, I said, I said, look at Jackson. Man, he was into it. Man, he was worshiping God. Man, he was praising the Lord. Well, that's, that's the way. I mean, it's the King of Kings and the, the Lord of Lords we're talking about. And what's he done for y'all? I, I know he saved, well, most of you. And, uh, <laughs> and, and probably, probably, probably in this crowd tonight, he's probably healed most of you. I mean, what's he done for us? And I don't know about you, but I sure don't want revival to be everywhere but Faith Christian Center. I want to be, I'm, I'm, I, don't, I don't know that we could be the epicenter, but I'd like to be one of the centers. And then on top of that, not just praise and worship, but on this thing of ministering to people. Now, I know you have to be careful. But it was about three years ago now, a lady brought me a lady, another lady from work on a Wednesday night. And uh, the lady from work had been diagnosed with, had, with cancer. She had the scans. She had all the evidence. And she asked this woman, knew that this woman at work was a Christian, and asked that woman to pray with her. And you have to be careful how you do this, of course, in 2023. But the woman from our church prayed for her, and God completely healed that woman. She had the second set of scans that showed she was completely cancer-free. And so Sue and I didn't have a thing in the world to do with it. The last few verses of John's gospel say, and they went forth and preached everywhere. The Lord working with them, confirming the word with signs following. He doesn't confirm us. He confirms the word. And they went forth and preached everywhere and the Lord worked with them. That's the whole objective. And the only reason the Lord or the only way God can work with us is if we have the word of God. They went forth and preached everywhere. We can't have critical race theory or uh, racism or uh, alternate lifestyles or abortion or whatever the new cult is. We can't have that in our mouth. We got to have the word of God in our mouth. Because let me tell you what. There's not a generation, I don't think, in my lifetime that has been hurting as much as this generation right here. Amen. They are hurting. Teen, teen suicide rates are skyrocketing. It's sad what is going on in our world. And all of this was set in motion. Or let me say it this way, it was all accelerated three years back. Faith and your words will drive sickness and disease out of men's bodies. And somebody might say, the obvious thing to say is, well, I'm kind of afraid to do that. I'm kind of afraid to venture out. Look, I'm 67 years old. Coming up in June, I will have been preaching the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ 50 years, and I have never one time had anybody get mad at me with praying for them. Not one time. Not one time. Because... I guess from their perspective, at least you're trying to do something as opposed to ignoring them. I did get cussed out once for visiting a woman in the hospital with, she had no makeup on. She was angry about that. But I, I, I'd, been, I'd been sent, I'd been sent, I was on assignment from the guy I worked with. I was just doing what I was told. But, but I didn't pray for her. She got mad before, there was no prayer, no nothing. I just said, you know, hasta la vista. 
and left. Amen. <laughs> Think of it. Mm-hmm. The answer walked in the room. It's amazing. So, and then I'm going to rehearse one more thing. I know I'm out of time. Don't do like most Christians and try 15 things and then go to God. Go to God first. I mean, from the littlest thing to the biggest thing, whatever it is, how do you know what God will do if you never give him a chance. And then every time you go to those 15 alternatives, is your faith level going up or down? See, your, 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 your faith level, I'm talking about your faith level, your faith level is going to be strongest right up front. And so I'm not saying don't go to a doctor. You know, we go to doctors. I, I was outside, what day was, was that Monday. Yeah, I was doing something because somebody else hadn't done what they were supposed to do, and I'm out, and I scratched my leg on a rusty barbed wire fence. So I, I had to go see a doctor, you know. Oh, it's just awful. You know, the whole, it's like, it's like, it's like entering inside of a Three Stooges movie. You know, it's, <laughs> it's, uh, it's incredible. And you ask them a question, nobody knows nothing. And so thank God, thank God, thank God. I had my phone, and I was able to text an MD friend of mine to ask her about this and that and the other, and, and uh, get what I had to get because my it had been 19 years since I'd had a tetanus shot. And so, see, so we want to be prudent. We don't want to be stupid. We want to be prudent. Amen. And, uh, and lockjaw might help you and your marriage, but <laughs> if I got lockjaw, I'm out of business because I make my living speaking. So can't can't have that. Amen. Amen. <laughs> so we're not opposed to doctors. I, I go and get my ke- teeth cleaned every six months. We're not opposed to doctors. But give God that first shot. Amen. Believe God. Amen. See what God will do. Put your faith in God and see what God will do. And listen, one more thing. Get your faith on everything. If you have little children in the home, don't wait until they come home with Elvira or Frankenstein to start praying about their future spouse. If you have little children at home, start praying now. Make it a matter of prayer. Now, get your, my, my point is, get your faith on everything and give God the opportunity because, you know, the, we, we have this saying, you never know what God will do. I know exactly what God will do. He'll bless you. He'll heal you. He'll answer your prayers and he'll give you the desires of your heart. <laughs>